Hi, Justin. So you're the medical SHO on ward cover over the night, and you're bleeped by the ward nurse to see a 46-year-old man who has had an episode of hematemesis. He has a background of alcoholic liver disease with previous upper GI bleeds in the past. He's currently His obs are currently as follows, with a respiratory rate of 20, saturating 97% in room air. He's got a heart rate of 129, 129 beats per minute and a blood pressure of 93 over 62, and he's afebrile. On arrival, you see that the patient has high volume hematemesis uh, with approximately two litres. Um, and I'd like you to talk me through your uh, how you might assess and manage this patient. Okay. Um, so we're dealing here with a 46-year-old gentleman uh, who's no got a known background history of alcoholic liver disease, previous upper GI bleeds, and he's now presenting with hemodynamic instability and high volume hematemesis over two litres. So... Um, immediately I'd be thinking, I'm very worried about this patient. I'd want to make the med reg aware that this patient is here. Um, and I would think about putting out a major hemorrhage protocol, especially if he's act still actively bleeding past two litres. Um, I want. Uh, I think the patient should be in resus in ED. Oh, sorry, this is ward cover. So he's on the ward, but I, I, I'd want sort of uh, fairly um, emergent sort of support from the team. So getting outreach to come and help. Um, as well as the ward nurses to see if they can quickly establish some uh, IV access bilaterally with, with wide-bought venous cannula. Um, and I would want to approach the patient um, fairly quickly to do a focused A to E assessment of the patient. Um, first of all, I'd want to um, put him on a cardiac monitor if he's not already on one. Um, and I'd want to um, assess his airway uh, seeing whether he's able to complete full sentences and ensuring that that's patent. He's not aspirated or choked on blood or anything like that that requires uh, immediate suctioning. Uh, moving on to B, uh, I would want to uh, listen into his lungs and make sure we're not missing anything here, uh, check his oxygen saturations and uh, his respiratory rate. Um, if he's got an oxygen requirement, we can think about getting a portable chest x-ray, but I think that that comes sort of slightly lower down the list of priorities uh, at this point in time. And I'd want to get a blood gas sent off uh, fairly emergently to look at his HB, his lactate, as well as his pH. Um, I would also think about getting him some oxygen if he requires some, uh, and just being careful not to sort of cover his uh, mouth with a mask, which if he is actively vomiting with hematemesis might be an aspiration risk. Um, moving on to C, uh, the first thing I'd want to know is his hemodynamic status. So looking at his blood pressure and his heart rate, um, I'd want to do a quick volume assessment, um, looking at his JVP, skin turgidity, uh, and peripherally for any edema. Um, I'd want to listen into his heart again, just to make sure we're not missing anything else here. Um, and as I say, uh, we ideally want some IV access at this point so we can uh, aggressively fluid resuscitate him, um, ideally with uh, normal saline, 500 mils uh, over 15 minutes to begin with and rechecking his blood pressure uh, 15 minutes after to see whether or not it's responding to the, to the fluid. Um, because he is tachycardic, I think I'd want an ECG at that point. But again, this is this is lower down on my list of priorities, as I think more, more emergently, uh, he is um, he's having an upper GI bleed. Um, with circulation, I'd also want to think about transfusing him with blood uh, and correcting any coagulopathies uh, at this point, thinking about vitamin K and protein complex, 
and if he's thrombocytopenic, thinking about platelet transfusion as well. Um, moving on to D, I just want to make sure uh, to check on his consciousness level, make sure he's not encephalopathic, that he's not uh, decreasing consciousness and getting a blood glucose as well, just a quick bedside assessment. Uh, moving on to E, uh, I want to check the sheets to make sure he's not got any melina, um, that, that might be in any signs of incontinence, so just checking the sheets there. Uh, doing a quick assessment uh, of his uh, abdomen, uh, checking for any hepatomegaly, um, any masses, uh, any splenomegaly, um, or any tense ascites. Um, uh, quickly, just making a note to, to uh, probably further down the line, needs pro proper assessment with a PR and, and examination of external genitalia as well. But at the moment, I'm more focused on uh, resuscitating this patient. Um, and I think th th these would be my, my first uh, approach to this patient. Fantastic. Um, so you talked through a lot of your investigations and treatments already. Um, is there any other investigations and treatments, uh, any other ones that you think you might want to uh, discuss? Um, yep. So uh, in addition to the blood, so we'd want to send off bloods, uh, definitely, which I which I hadn't mentioned before. Uh, so we'd want an HB. Um, can compare that with the uh, blood gas uh, user needs to check whether or not he's in any AKI. Uh, LFTs, uh, check for liver derangement and clotting as well to check for synthetic liver function. Uh, sending off a group and screen and cross match. Um, and I think because this is a very, it sounds like it's a variceal bleed, I'd want to initiate sort of protocol management for that, which includes um, IV terlipressin um, and broad spectrum antibiotics, just following a local trust protocol uh, as to which one to use for local sensitivities. Uh, I'd mentioned already sort of correcting any clotting coagulopathies. Uh, and catheterizing him as well, just to get a good eye on his uh, urine output. Okay. Very good. Um, so you mentioned it could be a variceal bleed, and your colleague does indeed tell you that he's known to have esophageal varices. Um, if this is a variceal bleed, what's the do you know what the definitive management of this uh, this type of bleed might be, uh, and what the other steps would be to manage a variceal bleed that doesn't respond to initial management? Yep. So just with the investigations, I think we can calculate a rock hole score, which in this case, I would imagine would be very, very high, uh, um, given uh, his presentation and his hemodynamic instability. Um, I'd want to speak to the endoscopist uh, on call um, for an urgent um, OGD, um, as I think he's going to need endoscopic varicele banding. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then I definitely want a sort of higher support for a Sengstacken Blackmore tube to try and compress the varices. Okay, very good. So let's say you're now speaking to the GIB registrar on call. Um, could you please uh, hand over the station to them? Okay, um, I've got a major hemorrhage call for a 46-year-old male uh, with an upper GI bleed with uh, secondary to known varices. He's got a history of alcoholic liver disease, has known esophageal varices, and has had previous upper GI bleeds. He presented hemodynamically unstable, um, has had over two litres of hematemesis, um, and so far we have established two wide bore access with cannulas. I've given him some IV antibiotics, started him on broad spectrum antibiotics, sorry, broad, uh, started him on IV fluids, broad spectrum antibiotics, and IV turlipressin. Um, I would 
like a review, please, uh, of this patient uh, for endoscopy, uh, for, for potential endoscopy, endoscopic banding. Great, thanks very much.